Hadassah, and I'm so excited to welcome you to Real Woman, Real Torah, a project of Bacheva Learning Center. We're here to offer you an authentic Torah learning experience, produced for women, by women. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so here are the three topics that I would like to mention. Topic number one is, these are such relevant topics, is that what does halacha say about rumors? I'm not saying that Chaim Walder is in the category of rumors, but let's address about the topic of a rumor, which means that when you hear a rumor that so-and-so did X, Y, or Z, what should one's reaction be halachically? And let me just verbalize the challenge. We are educated, correctly so, not to accept Lashon Hara. I'm not speaking about a positive rumor, I'm speaking about a negative rumor. So when someone tells you that so-and-so did an amazing mitzvah, believe it. Good, be inspired by it. We're speaking about any type of rumor that is not positive. So when it comes to the great violation of Lashon Hara, which isn't only becumbent upon the speaker, part of the sin of the violation of Lashon Hara is the acceptance of. So let me just begin with the beginning. Someone told you that so-and-so is behaving in a very, very terrible way. Even before we get into the severities of the sin, like what's the first gut reaction? Hear no evil and see no evil? Is is this not what we have been told regarding Lashon Hara? So that's topic number one. And I'm gonna question and answer every topic for, for itself before I speak about the other two topics. And the answer to this is very important. And I will begin quoting a Gemara. Unfortunately, I don't remember the page, but it's a Masech Tosoyta. And we have this a few other places as well. And this, this Gemara is brought down in the Chafetz Chaim. And I'm going to use him as the halachic source when it comes to the rules of Lashon Hara. And listen to this Gemara. There's a fast day called the fast day of Gedalia ben Achikon. We are familiar with the fast day. We live it. Whether we actually fast or not, that's another topic, but uh, there's a tainus. The Gemara says that Gedalia ben Achikam is partially guilty for the fact that he was murdered. He, he is held responsible. Now, just to make it clear that don't come and say the Gemara is blaming the victim. People have to be knowledgeable with the teachings of the Gemara. You have to understand the context of these statements. No, we are not blaming the victim. But when a story happened and we want to learn a lesson from it, then it's very important, just like Lahavdal, if someone was mugged. We're not blaming the victim, but it's good to say, okay, what could I do in the future, not like the person who got mugged, to up the chances of me not getting mugged. That's not blaming the victim. So the Gemara says that what we learned from Gedali ben Achikam is, is that he was told by Yochanan, whose name I forgot, Yochanan ben someone, that people are planning to kill him. And he did not accept that rumor. And since he didn't accept the rumor, he did not take certain precautions that he would have taken had he given more credence to the rumor. Asks the Gemara, but Lashon Hara. It's good to know that all of these topics are mamish discussed. We are a people that we are the wealthiest people in the world. We have a Torah. The Torah is vast. There is no scenario that did not happen in the past, that was thoroughly discussed without emotion, simply in halacha. And at times, at times, we are the ones who lack the knowledge. And I'm sure that there are many sources that I don't know. But let me just share you off the cuff what I know. So the Gemara says that Gedalia ben Achikam was not allowed to believe that someone was going to murder him as a fact. But since there was a rumor that someone was planning to murder him, he should have been, I'm using the words in, in the Torah, the words of Gemara, he should have been chayish. Chayish means he should, have, he should have said to himself, there's such a possibility. He should have taken that into account. His complete dismissal of that rumor because of Lashon Hara is part of what led to his death. And therefore, the Chafetz Chaim, who was the one that promoted the virtue of not speaking negatively and not listening to negative speech. He paskins, whether it is in Chafetz Chaim, Pedic Yud Zayin, that I remember, and in other places, that when someone says something negative, which is 
to your toy Ellis, which means it is to your benefit. It's beneficial for you to know that so-and-so is a predator. It's to your benefit. For you to stay away, for you to make to make sure that your children stay away, that's if people are only, God forbid, selfish. And if people are at least a little bit selfless, then if it's important for me to know, it's important for my fellow to know, because their children are also God's children, then there is a purpose in um, letting people know that there is such a rumor, because, because you have to be chayish to that rumor. Now again, when you hear a rumor, it doesn't mean that it's true. It's just, let's call, let's use the words, it's an allegation. But an allegation has weight in halacha, not for you to paskin based on it, but for you to take precautions to protect yourself. Okay. Now, topic number two. Am I allowed to repeat it? I just said I could. Can I repeat the rumor? There's me listening and being chayish for me. And then there's me repeating it. Me repeating it can be something more severe because if I'm repeating the rumor, if the rumor is not true, then I'm violating again Lashon Hara. And the answer for this, these are simonim in Shulchan Aruch. So in Chayshin Mishpat, which is the fourth section of Shulchan Aruch, in Simon Tov Chav Vav, which is 426, it's a very small chapter, it's a small simon. It actually is comprised of one one seif, one paragraph. There, the halacha addresses the challenge that we have. How do I balance and weigh saying something which shines a negative light on someone else, lashon hara, with the other hand, with my obligation of protecting my fellow from harm. And before I read the Shulchan Aruch, if you have a chumash, and you go to the portion of Kedoshim, there was one Pasuk. In the same verse where God says, Loiselech Rachel Ba'amisechon, which means don't be a gossiper. Right? Don't gossip. This is Vayikra, Parshas Kedoshim, Pedic Yutes, Pasuk Tez Zayin. Loiselech Rachel Ba'amisechon, don't gossip. In the same verse, not the next verse, which is also significant. <coughs> Don't stand on your fellow's blood. That's on the same passage? Same verse. Isn't that amazing? You see God's wisdom? I know this. I know, I know. I'm saying it, that's, it's good to know. I'm saying we're speaking Rachel? out. What is Rachel? Rachel means a gossiper. So not Rachel. The source. No, no. Not Rachel. Reish Chaf Yud Lamed. Rachel, which means a sheep. That was That's the name of a, of a Tzedkanias and many other Jewish women that are named after. Okay. So it's amazing that God in the same verse in which God says, don't be a gossiper. In the same verse writes, don't stand on your fellow's blood. Now let me just interpret the meaning of not standing on your fellow's blood. Not standing on your fellow's blood doesn't mean not to stand on your fellow's blood. That's not the meaning of it. All right? Like every other verse in the Torah, the oral Torah interprets the meaning of a verse. Like when God says don't work on Shabbos, you have to know what that means. Every verse is meant to be taken literally. But you have to know the pshat. Not to work on Shabbos doesn't mean you have to drive and not walk because walking is more, uh, let's say, cumbersome. It's more, you know, it makes me it makes me work. That's not the pshat. The pshat of not standing on your fellow's blood means that in contrast to the current um, law of the society that we live in, for those of us who are living chutzlaretz, in which remaining silent is an option, it's not illegal, you're not obligated to take action, if there is something that you can do that will save a life and you don't take that action, then you're standing on your fellow's blood. That's a yusoid that we have to be a light upon the nations and we have to influence that this is a very important law amongst many others that the world will accept when Mashiach will come. And it makes so much sense. I remember getting off the topic for a second that during Hurricane Sandy, I remember that. People who remember that in New York, there was a terrible hurricane and there was real flooding. And somewhere near the oil, somewhere in Queens, there was a woman with two children that were mamish in this waters that didn't stop. And she was on someone's porch and she was knocking on their window. And the person in there did not open up. And one of her children, she lost the grip and her children died. And she found the body a few minutes later. And in American law, tragically, the person who mamish, he saw her. He was afraid to open the door, did nothing illegal. 
And by Torah law, that's the meaning, don't stand on your fellow's blood. And the fact that Hashem put it in the same verse just underlines the challenge. This is the topic. So where is the line? Where is the line? Sharing, not sharing. The answer is in Shulchan Aruch. It's very clear. And I want to speak specifically about sexual misbehavior. Specifically because the halacha differentiates um, any type of misbehavior that can cause other people to lose their lives, which includes a molester, who as we know today, perhaps people did not know as much as the percent of people who got molested sexually, how many of them commit suicide, and that's on the molester, that's on the shoulders of the molester. It brings them to such a unhealthy mental state that they cannot live, they don't know how to live on. And, 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 and whenever there is a rumor that someone is a molester, we are obligated, we are mechoyev, amongst other things, to share that information in order to protect society. And I'm gonna go into more details about a rumor. We're gonna get in a moment. Like, well, you know, the counter is what, just because one person wakes up and they say that so-and-so molested, now the whole world has to know about it. We'll get to that in a moment. But first the concept. So if the, the, the content of this rumor won't affect others, whether it's true or not, then wash another. And even you who heard it, you're not allowed to believe it, but be chayish. Don't be foolish. Could be. If the, the content of the allegation or of the rumor, if it's true, if I'm not saying, but if it's true, can be damaging to others, particularly when it could be damaging to other people's lives, then that's what I want to quote. It says in Shulchan Aruch, Mishpat, in Tav Chavav, that we are obligated to notify others. It's a chiyuv. Let me just read it, just for the record. So, it says in Shulchan Aruch. Okay, here we go. I mean, one of the examples is that you hear that someone is coming to get you. You hear that someone is coming to to uh, to to rob a neighborhood. And these are robbers that, at times, would kill. I do want to differentiate whether there's life. You're obligated to notify everyone that so-and-so is coming. And if you have a doubt, you notify. I don't know if it's true. Maybe. Because just like if you hear that, like Gedalia who heard that maybe someone is coming to kill him, he should have taken that into account. Not to believe it. You don't have proof. But not to, not to erase it from your mind. If it's, if it's for me important for my life, it's important for me to let you know. If it's completely not a risk to other people, that's where I'm not allowed to share it. Yes, so you have to take precautions. Not only do I have to take precautions, but I have to share it. That's clear. And by the way, these two steps so far, no one debates. How do you, how does the average person determine they hear a rumor someone okay. molested? How do you okay, okay, very good, very good. So let's go about, let's go about rumors, more about rumors. Again, the beauty about halacha is, is that there's so much in halacha about rumors. There's so much guidance. I'll give you just one example. There are many examples. One example, and I did not send this in the um, in the in the in the uh, footnotes or in the uh, curriculum. Just came to my mind. In the Shulchan Aruch, we have halachas about who is fit to lead the community in prayer. That position is called today a chazan, even though chazan doesn't mean that, but people call it a chazan or a shliach tzibur. That's just an example of someone who's leading the community in services. And there is, since he's representing the community, he has to be a person who's acting appropriately. And again, it's very simple. There are two steps in acting appropriately. There was someone who sinned in the past, but did tshuva. However, we determine that, just to be aware of that. That's one category of maybe someone in the past did something wrong, but yes, there is tshuva. How to apply that to what case is a more complex, but it's doable, not complex, and therefore, I don't know. No, we, we know how to deal with this. And then you have someone who's currently sinning. And it says in Shulchan Aruch, and Shulchan Aruch is speaking about rumors. So I want to address rumors, like how do we know whether a rumor is credible or not? So I'm going here in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, Oira Chaim, chapter 53, Simon Nun Gimel. I'm reading, I'm reading, let's go. Seif Vav, halacha six. So first of all, there's a, there's there's a halacha about someone who in the past 
manslaughtered. Just different details. They took a life, b'shoigik. He's allowed, he's allowed to be a shliach tzibur if he did tshuva. How do we really, really know he did tshuva? We don't really, really know. One of the ways we know if someone did tshuva is if they own their mistake. Simple thing. Just by default. If someone says, yeah, I did it. And I feel terrible. Whether they really feel terrible or not, still halacha deals with that. But just for you to know, we accept that, that statement. But if some, in, in, in the case of this case, a person manslaughtered. So he doesn't have to go around saying that 20 years ago my brakes broke and I killed someone or whatever the scenario was, by accident. He doesn't have to advertise it, but if he's asked that question, he has to own up. People who hide what they did, that's a halachic indication that they're not doing true. Is that considered killing the shogay? Yeah, yeah. So, so does it matter who's involved in this? Uh, yeah, let's not get into this right now. I just want to, so that person, the true can be a shogay. Another, another criterion for having being a shliach tzibur, a person who yatsa alav sheimra, someone who there is a rumor. This is a halacha speaks about rumors. Someone who there is a rumor that they did something not good. Rumors have weight in halacha, but it's not the end game. It's just the beginning game. But there it's a beginning. So there's dinam over here about someone who upon there is a rumor. Then he writes like this, that if there's only a rumor before we resolve the rumor, then you don't appoint a shliach tzibur, but if he's already in that position, you don't remove him based on the rumor. He said, if there's only a rumor so far, then you don't give a person a position of leadership, but if they already have a position of leadership, a rumor is not enough to remove the rumor, but what do you do? Rumors have weight. And there are simanim and shulchan that speak about rumors. Regarding what should a spouse do if there's a rumor that their spouse is committing adultery. I'm speaking about the dinam and shulchan aruch. These are not far-fetched. These are dinam that are brought down from the Gemara in shulchan aruch. And let me just read. This is, I gave you a couple of copies. That in Evan Ezer, there are three types of rumors. Before what we do with it, just to know there are three types of rumors. Mm-hmm. And I'm going into Evan Ezer. I'm going into the fourth simon, simon Dalid. We're going into halacha 7 and to halacha 8. To halacha 9, to halacha 10. And if you'll push it, read the halachas, you're going to see what's called. Um, second over here. I think I went to the wrong page. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I go further. I'm going into halacha 15. Halacha 15. See if Tezvav. For example, there was a married woman. There's a rumor that she committed adultery. Just as an example, the, 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 the rumors are full in Shulchan Aruch. And there's halachas, what do you do with the rumor? So there are different words that he uses. There is a koil, koil means there's a rumor. Then there's something called I'm reading outside the Machaber. Everyone is talking about it. And then you have what we call in this case, in this case, that this is a woman that's behaving beyond the norms. She's called whatever the norms of society is, she doesn't fit into that box. So that leads more credence to the rumors. So first of all, a rumor has weight. We don't paskin based on a rumor. We don't say, oh, there's a rumor and that's the end of the game, but we open up, we open up a tick. And 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 here is here is very important. Simple rules. There's trumas of the tzamach tzedek. And he writes like this. The rumor has to be taken to a basin. What rumor has to be taken to a basin? I'm telling you the words. If the rumor is ongoing for 36 hours without anyone countering the rumor. That's step number one. Was there anyone that countered the rumor? This 36 hours is very much discussed in latter halachic authorities, how we apply this today. It's certainly not 36 hours today. Because in those days, there was no internet, there was no communication. Starting a rumor was a lot harder then, was a lot more difficult. How would you start a rumor? Now it's a lot easier to start a rumor, especially since you can remain anonymous a lot easier to start a rumor. There's no repercussions if you will be caught to be lying. So just to be aware of it, we know all that. But I'm saying the words in halacha, if, there, if when the rumor came out, it was right away countered, then the rumor is dismissed. If the rumor persisted for 36 hours, if it persisted for a certain amount of time and no one countered the rumor, then what the first thing the base has to determine to the best of their, their ability 
is, does this person have enemies? And that Samach Tzedek Paskins, that other than children, everyone has enemies. He just frames it that way. And you have to find out to the best of your ability, a Beisden, with witnesses, where did the rumor come from? And if you can trace the rumor back to the enemy of the person upon whom there is this rumor, then the Beisden then will rule that the rumor is not substantial. If the rumor did not come from an enemy, it doesn't mean that this person is guilty of what they did, but now this rumor has more weight. And this more weight has different consequences in halacha when it comes to different scenarios, and I want to focus on molestation specifically. Okay, so far, it's I even when, when I hear something that someone is trying to hurt me or trying to hurt you, before I investigate, before I know whether the rumor is for 36 hours, before I know whether it's coming from your enemy, the Gemara says, and the Chafetz Chaim Paskins, don't dismiss it in your mind. Don't believe it. You're not saying it's true. You're saying, oh, there's a rumor. It is, it's called a rumor. Or in the words of Shulchan Aruch, it's called a koil. That's kuflamit, a voice. A voice is something. It's not proof. It's not to be dismissed. It's called an allegation. The ways of dismissing an allegation is firstly to see if it persists. The longer it persists, the more credence it has. And not you, not me, but a Beisden is obligated. If this affects, because a rumor will affect that person, true or not. You have to pursue it. You have to make it an investigation. And if it's coming from an enemy, then it should be dismissed. If all it is is an allegation. Great example of this topic and many, many uh, good up to, you know, modern halachic authorities opined when the Kavanaugh case came out. I remember it was from there. So there, it wasn't about current, it was about the past. This is Shulchan Aruch, so there was a rumor that he did something many years ago. Clearly, he was not doing tshuva because he was saying he didn't do it. In other words, if, it's, if it would have been proven that it's false, or if halacha would determine there's not enough to substantiate, you have to dismiss it, then it's good. If we would have determined that it's true, then there's a problem that he didn't do tshuva. He did not do tshuva. Either he didn't do it or he did it. Tshuva he didn't do. Tshuva means I own up, I did it, and I, and I feel terrible. We discovered then that it's coming from very few people, right? Ultimately, the FBI made an investigation. And let me say like this, I was not part of that investigation, but being that it became politicized, then there's definitely, there's a high likelihood that this was coming from his enemies or from Trump's enemies. I'm not saying that as a fact, I'm just giving you an example of what an enemy means. In contrast, and that's important, in contrast, when a child alleges that an adult molested them, it's very difficult for you to make a claim that the child is the enemy. Very difficult. Maybe there are exceptions, but the premise, common sense, which is why halacha, not only Bechlau um, gives a lot of credibility to an allegation about when a person says that they were raped or they were molested, it takes a lot of courage to come out and say that in public. That in itself gives them credibility halachically. And unless you know that they are enemies, their testimony has a lot of weight in halach. That's even if it was not done in a basin. But it's out there. They don't deny. Yeah, person says, yeah, I, that so-and-so molested me. Minimally, it's called a coil. Okay. Now, now let me add to the specific case of Chaim Walder. When it comes to rumors, being that, like we said, that Samach Tzedek Paskins, I'll find the tshuva later, based on these rules of the Gemara that, is it ongoing? Is it ongoing and do you have enemies? The more people come out with the same type of allegation, the more credibility it has, not only because of, um, not only because of uh, everyone is your enemy. No, Pashit, like, like it, it, there's, a, there's, you know, one person, two persons, three persons, four persons. It, 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 I'm not saying that he's guilty. I'm just saying it gives more credibility to the rumor. So whenever a person, whenever there's allegations that so-and-so molested a child, I'm not minimizing the sin of him seducing married women. I'm just speaking specifically here about children because that's mamash pikuach nefesh that has to be taken on a different level. He's not just ruining a marriage. 
and you know violating grave sins but if he if the allegations are true and he molested many many youngsters molesting raping then he's a person who's a danger for people's lives he's a he's a right of he ha- so the more the more credibility it has not only was that the case by Chaim Walder but very importantly in his case there was a basin led by Rabbi Eliyahu and with the, with the greatest respect that I have to the Litvisha world um, they're not happy with him right now because because of this story but he's a he's a legitimate Rav he's a great Rav and he had women come and testify in front of a Beisden we have actually recordings online where you can hear what women are saying about how they had an affair with him, how how he told them to deny it, how he's explaining to them that we're living in a world that you can deny anything. And even if they find this picture of me and you, I'll say it was photoshopped, denied until death. And then he's telling a woman, and if you're gonna come out and say that I had an affair with you, I'm gonna commit suicide. So he was, he was using this a sick blackmail. This is, we hear him. Now, can you Photoshop a tape? Yeah. So, but there is a limit. In other words, when you have a recording, when you have a Beisden, by Chaim Walder, it's way beyond allegations. It's way beyond an allegation that has weight. This is already a Beisden that accepted the testimony of 20-some women and children. That he had an affair with boys, with girls, with adults, with minors over a, a tremendous period of time. I'm not saying that tshuva would affect his case, but again, the fact that he denied it, it was going to halachically. If you deny something, you're not doing tshuva for it. Which means that if Chaim Walder would not have committed suicide, there would be an obligation upon us to let every human being in the world know that this guy is a rapist and a child molester and stay away and keep your kids away from him. You're mechoyev to do so. You're obligated to do so. Okay. Now comes the third topic. The third topic is, now what? Now what, meaning whether he would be living in jail. I wanna, I wanna before I go to the final topic, now practically, right now, when you hear allegations on someone, practically, don't go to a Beisden, because a Beisden here in Los Angeles, or in, I would say in B'chutz La'aretz, we don't have the experience and the power, more the power to put an end to the behavior if it's found to be true. Today, me, you, we are obligated, we are obligated to go to the authorities. This is a psag din of all of the big poiskim of our generation. I don't even have to quote sources based on piske dinim of the Rajba. You know, it's, there are certain areas in halacha where we have to resolve it within the community. There are certain only financial issues at time that if I would take someone else to the Goyish authorities, I'm violating a terrible violation known as Mesida. I don't want to talk about this right now, but it was already paskened concerning sexual allegations, allegations that I am obligated to, to abide by the laws of, you know, if someone comes and tells me I'm a rabbi, I'm mechoyev and I have the mitzvah of calling up the, uh, the local authorities. If you hear a rumor, the, the mitzvah that you're doing for you not to violate to call the authorities. In other words, when you hear a rumor, maybe the rumor is only coming from one person. Maybe it's coming from their enemy. So I am not saying that just hearing a rumor means you have to plaster this person all over the internet. I'm not saying that. You have to take weight to it. And what should you do? Practically, call up the authorities. And even though the, the local authorities are not perfect, okay, but it's, it's good. It has a lot of weight. They have weight to have a halachic weight. Let me get, share with you a recent quick story. So that's why I'm saying call up the authorities. The authorities now, the detectives here in Los Angeles who have experience and who are not biased, we will rely on their, on their investigation to determine whether the person is innocent or guilty. Let me give you a, a story without mentioning names that there was, a, there was a, a woman that was alleging, that is alleging, not was, that is, and I'm chas v'sholem, not minimizing this allegation, that, that, that her ex-husband's current wife is molesting her daughter. What should I do? Now, the, the information was shared with me in the context of 
helping her raise money for her legal bills. That's just, so what do you do? There was no need for me to be the reporter because it was reported. It, it went to the it went to the authorities and it went to court. And the other side reached out and told me that don't you dare lend any hand in any financial support because these allegations are not true and I'm being persecuted. Or my my new wife is being persecuted. Because sometimes it's it's not true. So what should you do? So what I did is I reached out to a non-partial person. I can tell you right. I reached out to Mrs. Debbie Fox. I reached out to her a lot. And she gave me great advice. She told me to speak to a big expert. I'm not going to mention the name of the expert. I called up the expert and he told me something so rational. He says that in my case, since the case went to court and so far, her side lost. I mean, someone looked into it. The authorities looked into it. They made a judgment. Then right now, I have to follow that ruling. She's appealing it. If she'll win the appeal, then I have to side with her. In other words, we have to follow the judicial system. Ideally, it should be judged by a by a, by a basedin. And when Mashiach will come, a basedin will judge it. In other words, I'm not saying that the rumor is the end. I'm saying that the rumor is something. You have to know what to do. So in my case, there's a rumor. I heard this rumor. It was countered. It was countered the whole time. This is an example where it's coming from one place, not from many places. And in my case, in this specific case, it was it was brought to the authorities and there was an investigation and there were detectives and there were police and there was the Child Protective Services and it went in front of a judge. And after the judge gives a ruling, then it, then this person tells me, you have to you have to follow a legal system. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, that, that just because the judge, could be the judge made a mistake. But here I feel there's nothing that I need to do right now. I'm following the judge's ruling. Okay. And now let me come back over here. In our case, by Chaim Walder, it's not allegations. It's not only a rumor. In Chaim Walder, I'm saying this based on the fact that there was an investigation by a Beisdin, by Rabbi Elio's Beisdin, and so many people testified that, that, that the crimes that there is allegations about are true. That's it. He was judged already. He was found guilty. Aside of the fact that, thank God, they went to the police, which is Gavaldic, in Israel. Okay, now, now the question is, based on the above, it's not only rumors. In this case of Chaim Walder, he was found guilty in a basedin. You have so many people. Not everyone is his enemy. Too many people. Children, and a child. One child has a lot of credibility. So based on the premise, which is correct, that he molested children and young unmarried women and he seduced a married woman. So what do we do now with his books? And let me point out the irony. The irony here is, is that in the past there were cases where someone was guilty of horrible crimes like this, or maybe not as horrible, and they, and they painted nice pictures, just an example, nice artist. Their art is art. The content of his books is all about educating children and being ethical and being moral. In other words, it's not, it's not like, this is the topic. The topic in which he is guilty of is the topic that he is famous for. I'm just bringing out the, the challenge. And I know compounded with that it's so difficult to find good English books, I'm not minimizing the ones that are out there, that it's hard to replace them. Like Rahmanas on the kids, meaning the content is so good. And, and, and so the question now is, what do we do with his books? What do we do with his books? All of this was discussed in, 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 in Poiskim, and you have no idea how many times these things came out. Not, not like this, but similar topics. So again, offhand, this is offhand, Miss, you called me up, Mrs. Shemtev. What came to my mind was the, was the following. And this is from Igeres Moshe, that's from Moshe Feinstein, and that's a very good source to go to. Sometimes it's good to go to the beginning, sometimes it's good to go to the end, because he already quotes in his response where he got it from. And I'm going to quote the names because he quotes the names. So we're going back, I think, to the 60s. Let me just find it. Whoever has a Igeres Moshe, Evan Ezer, Chelek Aleph. Um, let me find my page over here. Um, it was it was, it was Kufches, right? One second. Oh, it's Hadik Vav. It's responsa. Oh, 
Responsa 96. Many people have the Sefer in their home. And or if you're having, if you have the book, it's on page Jadesh Memhei. I didn't mean to laugh to make light. Okay, I'm sorry. This is about someone who was popular. Tavshin Yutes is 1959. In 1959, imagine in America how few good Jewish musicians we had. So there was someone that was famous and he made nice nigunim. Then we found out he composed music when he was a good person, a kosher Jew, at least to our knowledge. He made terrible choices. I don't know and I don't care to know. Whatever he did, he did something that he became, oh, not a kosher person. He has a bad reputation. Again, I'm going into the reputation because there... Rav Moshe Feinstein understood that there wasn't enough evidence the way we have on Chaim Walter. But still, reputation and rumors, there was enough of a rumor based on the fact that no one disputed it, based on the fact that this, it was coming from people that were not his enemies. These are the two halachic criterion. So we accept at least the rumors. So, im yesh l'nagnon al chasidus. That was the, can you, you, can you sing his melodies? Much lower scenario, but I'm, I, I'm making the, the, the comparison because you have the author who's non kosher person. Again, his non kosher wasn't concerning Nigunin, but could you use his music? And there was a big machlaikis. Here I can smile because everything is a machlaikis. Who is the big machlaikis between Amosha Feinstein and a contemporary of his who, who, whose name is Menashe Klein or Menashe Hakatan? who wrote a very important series of halachic responses called Mishnah Halachis. And I'm not, minimum, I'm not judging who's great or who's not. These are the great halachic authorities of the United States and of the world. So Rav Moshe wrote very strongly, leniently, very strong. I'm going to read it. He was kosher for many years. And he made up many nigunim. And now they sing it by the weddings and b'nei toirah. And now, what was his, what was the, it wasn't more than allegations, that he began to sing for boys and girls together. And they want to know whether we can sing his music. Dati says, Rav Moshe, I don't see any prohibition. Why? Because he composed these melodies prior to his making prior to his bad choices. And he brings a great proof, Gavaldik. What's his great proof? His proof is that there was a Jew by the name of Yechanan Kohen Gadol. Many people are familiar with the holiday of Chanukah. Whether it's Matisio ben Yechanan Kohen Gadol, whether it's the same Yechanan Kohen Gadol or not, is a debate. He quotes this debate, but it's, a, it's an important debate. Each side has a lot of legs to stand on. There was a Yechenen Kohen Gadol that for 80 years was a Kohen Gadol. Imagine, that means he was 93. And then he made terrible choices. He changed his lifestyle. He became a heretic. During his, imagine, his, his illustrious career, he enacted many rabbinic laws. And those rabbinic laws, says Rav Moshe, were never shelved. They were never removed prior to his acting out because they were enacted by a person who was a tzaddik when he enacted it. Comes along Rav Menashe Klein in Mishnah Halacha, and I think I gave to Mrs. Shemtev the book and page, which is important. I'll, 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 let me just find it over here. And uh, yeah, the Mishnah Halacha is in Chelek Vav, and it's Tshuva 108. And he debates that. He says no. And his main, his main point, his main point, um, even concerning the proofs that he brings, is minimally, minimally, there's a concept called shame Rishoyim Yirkav, which means that the name of the wicked should rot which is a halachic concept, it's not an emotion speaking, which means that don't give any perpetuity and credence to the name of the wicked. He says that by Yechen and Kohen Gadol, no one knows that he is the author of those enactments. So the enactment remained, his takanot remained, no one is giving him credit, it doesn't bother us. 
But if he were to be the link to, to his product, then, then, you can't, then you can't use it. Then you can't use his product not to give continuity. Now, this case over here, certainly more severe, aside of the level of, of, of violation, aside of that, that this person was, was, was molesting, raping, sinning while he was composing his books. The books that he compiled, it's not his books, the books that he compiled are, are, not, are not something that he did when he was kosher. There are books that he wrote when he was not kosher that we know of. So that makes it more severe. And, 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 and in conclusion, just to bring up the sources over here, that, that it should be taken off the shelf when it has his name on it, in my opinion, that's clear. That's clear. Shem Rishoyim Yirkav. The question is, what do we do now with the content? And that's a very good halachic debate. And I'm sure that there is a, a logic to say that take it off the shelves. At a certain point, reintroduce it without his name. That I get. This concept, this concept, I think is a, I'm not, I'm not an authority qualified to give a ruling, but theoretically, Again, without real in-depth looking into it, and I'm sure there are other Judy Prudence chuvas regarding similar cases, but this would be a very good source of Ramosha Feinstein and Menasha Cotton debating whether you can use music of a certain individual. And there, the name was associated to the music. And Ramosha said yes, because he composed the music when he was okay. And Menasha Klein says no. Even Menashe Klein, if no one would know that he composed the music, I don't think he would oppose it. We have, this is my own logic speaking, that we have, someone asked me this question last week, this is what came to my mind, and everyone knows this, that in Chagiga, we learn about a person by the name of Alicia Ben Avuya. Alicia Ben Avuya was a great Tana, he was a big tzaddik, he was a great scholar, he had tremendous students, including Rebbe Meir, the Rav Meir Valanes, that we all have discussed to visit in Tiberia, Irakoidish, and he became a heretic. I'm not comparing sins, he became a heretic. The other sages disassociated. Rav Meir continued to learn from him. And Rav Meir said, it's like having a fruit, take the good and throw out the bad. But he's no longer called by his name. He's called Acher. I'm using this just as another logic that if there's something to be learned, I don't believe in burning books, Bechlal. I think that, that if there's good content, there's definitely, in my mind, a lot to say that it should be saved, but not in its current format. Even Rab Meir no longer called him by his name to make sure that his name has no linkage with anything in our people. I think this is a tremendous opportunity to speak to our children about how someone whose life's mission was to help and protect children, that person can be a, a perpetrator. And again, you have to have a good psychologist. I, I, I think that Mrs. Debbie Fax is amazing and I'm sure there are other great people and organizations. I know it's a balance. We can't have our children living in fear, but every now and then, to, to knowledge that such people are out there. Knowledge that such people are out there. The person that you think you can trust the most is the person that you can trust the least will only benefit our children remaining more safe unless they are overwhelmed and every day you're hacking them about molestation, there's a certain limit to it. But I know that, you know, this is an opportunity for us to speak to our children, in my opinion, how this individual but you know, chose, even though God gave him an animal soul, he chose to go down a certain path which only the greatest and most wicked people in mankind ever went down. It's only befitting that someone like this committed suicide. It's the perfect ending of this world for him. And, uh, and, 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 and our children should know that no matter how good his books are, that coming from such a person, we want to give no credence, no credibility, no koyach, no zuchus, no merit to someone like that. And I would even tell my kids that at some point, we're going we're gonna to take the content, we're going to erase his name, and we're going to reintroduce it if there's something good to be learned. And the good didn't even come from him. The good came from other kids. The, the good in the books are not from him. The good in the books are sim simply knowing how to write down other people's narratives. 
Other people, other people didn't sin. So it's another reason why I don't think the book should be burnt. I don't think the content should be lost, but it should be reformatted. Maybe a bigger expert should add something, should change it a little bit to save the good, not linking it to his name, based on based on Ramosha. And even Menashe Cotton. Menashe Cotton for sure says it's us. Rav Moshe said it's, it's muted only because he composed it when he was a kosher person. Now, without mentioning names, it's not Negea. I know that this is a, a topic that will lead to other topics because there are other people, maybe they lived a little bit, um, you know, not that many years ago, they're no longer alive, upon whom there are terrible allegations of also misbehavior, not of raping kids, but of, of, of having affairs with many, many, many married women. And there's a lot of music that's out there and yeah, there's a question mark. This is a good topic to discuss. How kosher is that music if it's associated with that person's name? I think this is a very healthy topic. The takeaway is, is that this has been discussed in the past. So people don't need to get emotional. People have to open up the books. We are the people of the book. Find more responsa from people on the caliber of Rav Moshe Feinstein and of Manasha Cotton, or go back a generation or two. And I'm sure maybe such a case even happened in the past. Molestation tragically was always there. You know, and you read stories, you read shuvas about it, how, how they were dealt with. Maybe let's find out. Maybe there's a noidi de Yehuda somewhere. Maybe there's a response of someone that was dealing with the Torah that was written by a molester. I'm almost sure this is out. You simply have to find it. I'm not saying that you have to apply it, but we, we have Judy prudence. In other words, this is a Torah question, and there's so much content that we have to just gather and look at and either make a little bit of a bridge or mamish the same exact thing and base the halachic ruling from it. Any questions? Yeah, two questions I had. Um, can you just explain again what the basis, you said that nowadays we should be going to secular court and, and trust whatever the secular court um, conclusion that they come to. Like, Can you explain again the basis in halacha for trust in the secular court's yeah. system as opposed to a based in? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't like the word trust. I want to use the word go-to, the go-to. When, 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 there's any, um, when there's any activity that's security related, securely related, the fact is, based in has no power to protect you. If someone is breaking into your home, think about it that way. If someone right now, God, not you, if someone is breaking into Reuven's home right now, calling up a based in doesn't make sense because what, what do you expect for the based in to do? What could they do? They can't. You have no one to call. And on the other hand, you have to protect yourself. You're obligated to protect yourself. And based on the truth of the Rajbo, which is based the Mrs. Shemtov on a Gemara that I remember in, in Bava Metzia, how the son of the Rab Shimon Bar Yerchoi, the son of Rab Shimon Bar Yerchoi, worked for the Roman government catching thieves. He was a uh, policeman. And people criticized him. You're working for the Goyesha government? And he said, and he, and he worked for the Goyesha. He worked as a policeman. And, and this is just the source in the Gemara. But the halacha is that when we live in a society that does not discriminate against Jews, which is the United States, there isn't racism built into the government against the Jewish people, um, then uh, you are allowed to be an IRS agent, you're allowed to be a policeman, even though it means you're pulling over uh, a Jew that's speeding and giving him a ticket and reporting him. And similarly, if I'm a citizen, anything that's related to security, I'm obligated to go to the authorities because there is no one else to go to. When it comes to allegations that someone is, 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 is a molester, all right, he's not knocking on my window right now, but he will knock on someone's window. He will knock on someone. Now, I'm not saying for sure that he did it, but the only organ that we have available to us to put a stop to it is only the secular courts. Basin doesn't have such a power. It means even if they will investigate and halachically determine, now what? The beauty about the secular courts here is, is that they have a lot of experience. Their initial investigation will determine whether they're gonna open up a file against the person. And by the way, that also has a halachic effect. That means if someone is reported to the, to the Child Protective Services and they don't pursue it, that is a halachic reason to know that there is no validity to it. That disproved the rumor because it was looked into and their threshold is very, very weak. That means many, many people we know that are taka innocent are being investigated. Just being investigated doesn't mean you're guilty, but if they don't even investigate, that's the way we do it. It's based, Mr. Shantav, it's based on the truth of the Rajman. I sent it in the curriculum that I sent you. And everyone quotes him, but it's not just, it's, it's a common, it, it, the, the topic was thoroughly discussed way too late, we can say, but at least 
better late than ever. It was discussed, I think it was 10 years ago or 12 years ago, and all of the great halachic authorities, beginning with, let's go with Rabbi Yelayashiv, let's consider Rabbi Yelayashiv the the world Poisek after Ramayisha Feinstein, that based on that, he advocates, is an obligation to go to the authorities when it comes to molestation because it's a safety issue. What was your other okay. question? Yeah, another, actually two more questions. So another question was that, so you said that in the case of Walter, the basin already, you know, had judged him. Yep. And I've heard people say that, you know, you can't have, you can't judge someone if they're not there to defend themselves. Um, is that, can you address that? <laughs> well, 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 yeah, I can address that, yeah, so so very good. So there's different stages in a in a Beisden's ruling, very good. But but when the Beisden, he, he was called to come to Beisden. He was given that opportunity. He didn't come to Beisden. The Beisden didn't even want to call him because it was such outrageous allegations that they felt that they'll make a little bit of an investigation and they'll know that it's not true. Once they ran after the source of the rumor, you know, and their goal was, they thought it's maybe coming from one person or from two people. If they would have found out that that person is an enemy, again, this is determined in halacha, they would have dismissed it. But what turned out was not only were there, it wasn't two, it wasn't three, it was four, five, six, boom. So first they, 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 they opened that up and then they called him to a basin and he refused to come. So let me say this way, Mr. Shamtev, if he would have been the head of the Sanhedrin, you're right, he did not have enough to sentence him to die, correct. But there is a Beisden that interrogated, or, or they interviewed, uh, inter- interrogated, they interviewed so many different people, the Beisden came to the conclusion that this guy is guilty. Not to put him to death, but enough for, for me as an outsider to say that this goes way beyond a rumor that doesn't end. This is way beyond the rumor. This was already investigated by a Beisden. I want to go further. Again, I give a lot of credence to the, whether the police will open up a file. The Israeli police don't think, I mean, it's tragically, I don't want to make light of it. You know, when you have a divorce, for example, and then during a nasty divorce, one spouse says, oh, my spouse was molesting my kid. All right? Okay, go to the police. But I'm saying, this is a case where there's an enemy. You, you see, the police opened up a tick in Israel. They were after him. The police are not after people unless they already feel that there's enough evidence to find a person guilty. Here in America, the DA won't waste their money unless they feel they feel that they have a case. So yes, halachically that has weight. Okay, then one more question um, that I think comes up a lot with this is that when you, we're talking about you know spreading information about someone in order to protect society. People say, well, often the family of that person is also hurt in the process. Um, you're not just hurting the the perpetrator, but also his family. Um, yeah, I'm going to respond that the one who's hurting his family. I'm, I'm gonna, first of all, we are speaking about sexual molestation. Let's make it very clear, because sexual molestation falls into the category of a murderer. I'm not minimizing other sins, or the trauma, or the pain. But if an adult was seduced by someone, we're not putting that on the same shelf as 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 an adult raping a child, molesting a child. And, and, and the guilty one of hurting the family is the molester. It's complete, fully on the molester. Fully on the molester. Shame on him. I'm a choy. Listen, can you, can you imagine there was someone on my block that has a tendency to murder? And you know about it and you don't tell me. Your, 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 your silence is not an option. And if you don't know for sure, then you should tell me there are allegations. And then you should give it to the police. And I can just add, and if the police comes out here and the courts find him innocent, I think you should call the people and let them know that he was found innocent. I'm not saying that your job finished just by sharing the bad news. And I'm not saying that just because he's innocent is that I for sure he's innocent. It's not foolproof, but you should share that. And it has halachic weight. In areas of security where we go to the secular courts, then we rely on them. If not, we're living in a world of chaos and we're not allowed to live in a world of chaos. We have to work with the powers that are, that are, are at. In areas where we go to the Beisden, which is definitely ideal, we work with the Beisden, which can also make mistakes, but you work with them. If they find guilty, you have to back them up. If they find someone innocent, you back them up. And in those areas nowadays that we are obligated to work with the civil authorities and with the criminal, with the secular authorities, then we have to back them up for good and bad. Can I something? Sure. I mean, if you work with children, you're a mandated reporter. That means that if, if, if 
someone finds out that you knew something and did not report it, so what 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 Mrs. Nathan what what Mrs. Nathanson is saying is is that just to be aware that if a mandated reporter doesn't report, unlike my case of Sandy, um, Isaacs, I'm sorry, um, that my uh, I'm sorry, that that here yeah even by the Goyish law, silence is not an option. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, not always even in America. You're, I'm a choyv to say now, if the trader would not allow me to speak up, if the trader would not allow me, just because I might go to jail doesn't justify me speaking up. The trader demands for you to speak up. Loi samoit al It says in Shulchan Aruch that if you know that someone else might be injured, might. The case in the Shulchan Aruch is there is like a ganif in the neighborhood and he's breaking into homes. You're obligated to notify your block. And we, I know I have a WhatsApp block on my block and that's what we do. That there is a car. We're not saying that the person in the car is a ganif. We're saying suspicious. And there's the decency of letting mm-hmm. everyone know about it. You're doing no harm. You're not saying that person is is guilty, but it's, there's a mitzvah to share with the people in your social network that there is a potential danger, not because you are damning them to be dangerous. You are saying there's a potential and be aware you're mechuyev to do so. And the one who li- listens, that's going back to the beginning of what we learned. That's the big yesoid of the Chafetz Chaim based on the Gemara about Gedali ben Achikam. Gedali ben Achikam didn't know that, that he's going to get killed. But he should have taken it into account. And don't abuse Lashon Hara by saying, ah, Lashon Hara, I'm erasing it. Don't erase it. That balance is not something that we have to have. And you know what? It resonates because it's just common sense. Chaim Wilder was actually found guilty in a basement. That's even worse. But even if not, even if not, I'm saying, therefore, since he was found guilty, Shem Rishayim Yirkov, I, I, don't think, I don't think that we should keep his books in the format that it's at. He should become, at best, like Akhir. People should, even if he's, his title will be quoted, it should not, no one should know it's coming from him, if, if it's okay. And whoever, everyone is welcome to the fully disagree, that will be amazing. <laughs> This is a good debate. It's very sad, but in the context of the Torah, it's good. It's good. It's good. And 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 to push it, to find out, speak to people that are more learned and find out other sources. What we are really looking for is Judy prudence. Find out cases that happened, mamish the same or similar. I think the case that I brought is relatively similar. I think if I brought anything really new to the table, it's just to make people aware of the Egeres Moshe and the and and the Mishnah Halacha. Gavaldik. Then it's not emotional. Ah, this was already debated. I think Bela has her hand up. Or Hi, thank you. Okay, this is not a, a case about molestation, but it made me think about the case of um, Shalom Mordechai Rubashkin. And I read his book, and I listened to him speak, and it was very clear that the government, they went after him with false charges. And they, so how can we rely solely on the government and on the, the process of you know, judicial law if such things can happen. The big difference between between the Tzaddik Rubashkin and Lahavdil the Russia Chaim is that even if even if the allegations would have been true, he was no danger to any society. So I don't want to use his name, but if someone indeed was dishonest with the banks or for federal money, right? You can't even have this conversation on, in the same breath. Uh, and, and, and we have to be honest with the government. But it's not behaving or not behaving. And by the way, Bela, that's a great proof to my point that it became known, the fact that so many other judges, so many other judges, judges that, are, that, that don't have skin in the game, said that there was a bias against them. You see, it came out. I would actually use this as a proof that in the world that we live in today, you know, if there would have been uh, people that would have discredited these, these 23 women, then, then that's a different conversation. No one is discrediting them. No one. You can't. It's too many. 20, 20 some people. And he raped many more. That's what the, many people are ashamed to come out. Fakert, I think that rumors have credence because even if a judge makes a mistake, there's pushback if many people feel it's wrong. There was no pushback defending him other than using, abusing Lashon Hara, which is a terrible thing, which is a terrible mistake that people make. What's very weird about this situation for me personally, I, every time I ever saw his books, I, I had a, a strong aversion to them. Because of my personal experience that you know about, 
I could not even look Guys, at Guys, we have amongst us a prophetess. Baylet's amazing. I'm going to make use of you. I'm going to go after your sixth sense. Gavaldik. I'm saying that you're good. good. So the bottom line is go after, go after your gut feeling. I don't have that Madrega. I have his books. I had his books in my house and I was impressed. What can I tell you? I was duped. I, I, I couldn't look at them. I couldn't read them. I couldn't buy them at all. Question. Sure. Um, <coughs> first, do we throw these books in the garbage? No. Or do they get buried? <laughs> I would say I would. I, I really mean to shelve them. I I didn't do say to throw them away. Actually, okay. I think to put put them in a box, put them away. Don't throw them in the garbage. It's good. I don't believe in burning books. Again, the guy, my opinion. <coughs> what I'm saying is, is would we in theory bury these books? No, because it, particularly when it comes to his books, he's a compiler. It's a big difference. He's simply printing other people's stories. They're not even his. So it's not like Kedusha too. No, 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 no. I would, I would, I would shelve them and figure out. I think there's going to be some sort of big ruling about what to do with them. I don't think we're ready to throw completely. I think okay. it's good to make a stance to right. put it away. So the second, the second question I have is, what happens to Neshama? I understand that we need to, we need to share so that as a learning thing. But like, I feel like even on. Xmas, we don't learn Torah in order not to hurt that person. So I hear all of this, and obviously it's terrible, and he did terrible things. But now that we know he was sick, he killed himself, it's, he can't hurt anyone anymore, is there anywhere in us where we feel that we need to protect his neshama from the extended judgment? Okay, so just for people who didn't know, so Shoshana wants to know, is there any, is there any Indian now that the Ikir is dealt with, which is he's no longer a threat because he he killed himself, um, is there any virtue in helping his neshama have an aliyah in any way, shape, or form? And I, I would I, I, I would say that certainly not in public, certainly not in public, because it, because the victims and people that are related to victims, the pain that they experience as a young woman committed suicide after he committed suicide because of this terrible eulogy that he was given by certain prominent rabbinic leaders. Why do you think they did that? Because they are terribly mistaken. And I want to conclude like this, that, and I know this is, a, this is so important, and it irritates the men, not just the women, that th- since when I remember, since whenever there's a tragedy and people get together and this warped thinking, what comes up, you, you know this woman, who did sneers, the inches, that this, they got killed in more, the sneers. So for Tzniyas, these people make the biggest, for that inch, it's an inch like this. And the Mechitza has to go to the heavens. That's not tolerated. But tolerating these people that are mamish, mamish, not the way, not, they, they, these are the people that are raping and Rahman al-Islam. And, and it's, it's just mind boggling. There's something crazy that has to be rectified. This is the cause. The cause is that we don't, Take a stand against it. And parting of the stand is there has to be a little bit of an extreme. I'm not saying burning. I'm saying so So thinking about being Masak in his soul. No. no, no. no I'm going to say, I'm say that uh, I'm, uh, what you're saying is not wrong. And could be there's a tzaddik out there. I'm going to say for me, for me, my mission is, 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 is to use this as an example of people who might have good intentions, who are terribly mistaken by not giving credence to these, even if it's only allegations. The Shulchan Aruch is filled with it. What the heck, what's wrong with these people? And and, and, and giving credence gives them power. And that lends hand, that's the Lissam Adam Riyacha. If there are calamities in the Jewish people because of modesty, this is the modesty that there are people, I'm not saying it's only men, there are men and there are women and there are allegations that they are molesters and we're not doing enough to uproot them. This, this is the reason. Why, if you want to link it to our fault, that's our fault here. That's what has to be rectified, and our generation is rectifying it. And then in the next world, does he do tshuva? I don't care about him, I really... But like, Hashem created this neshama, and this neshama made horrible, horrible, horrible... I would put him him in the category of someone who mass murdered Jews. Instead of speaking about Chaim Walder... What about Timcha? What about Amalek, or what... So, one second, what about Timcha Amalek? What about Timcha Amalek? Like we're not like. So okay, okay, I want to use that. Amalek, Amalek is the exception that God said we should do genocide. By the way, Amalek, God said to kill the men and the women and the children and the infants and the animals. That's only for Amalek. You can't say he's Amalek. He's a mass murderer. He's a mass. Who was the big mass murderer in America? I don't know enough American culture. Who's a famous mass murderer? 
Jeffrey Thomas. Jeffrey Thomas, uh, whoever Dahmer, he is. Whatever. Huh? Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Good. So Jeffrey Dahmer. So I'm saying, so I think people who want to do good, they should focus their compassion towards the victims of Jeffrey Dahmer. That's the my. When people want to do good, like what's the message? An opportunity to speak to our kids. Dafka, that even someone who's your therapist, who's your therapist, who's trying to help you because you got molested, he might molest you. Or she might molest you. To be aware of that. You have to have another therapist to tell you how to word it, not to scare the heck out of our kids, I know. But I'm saying it's good, to, at least for us adults, to say that we're living in an oil and to be aware of that. That adds protection.